The Holy Gospel is the basis of today's message, and the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be, with my, will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, at the beginning of John chapter 14, we heard about how Jesus gives us a place to belong, ultimately not in a Father's house that is distant and far away, but in the Father's house who is Jesus Christ himself, present with us even here and now. Today, Jesus takes this a step further. Having a place to belong, Jesus tells us about what it is like to live in the family of God. And ultimately, today our text welcomes us into a mystic, sweet communion that human beings were created for with God that is far beyond anything we could possibly comprehend. But before we get there, I want to introduce a couple of images from our text that show us a little bit more about the family of God. So first, we'll start with verse 15. And at this verse, if you're a well-trained Lutheran, maybe alarm bells are going off. I thought that the gospel was all about what Jesus does for us, and here we have Jesus clearly saying, do something to inherit salvation, right? Well, we have to understand this passage in the context of what's going on in John's gospel. And we have to understand this passage in the context that it's spoken into, that Jesus has already given us a place to belong, and this is what it is to live in the household of God, in the family of God. Now remember that when the gospel writers are writing their gospels, they're not writing them with the idea in mind that we're going to take two or three verses and preach on them for half an hour. But it's good that we do that. But they're writing them with it in mind that we are going to sit down for about two hours and listen to somebody read the entire gospel to us. And so if you get a chance, listen to the gospel of John this week. And what you'll see is that in the gospel of John, when we talk about commandments, we're actually talking about something kind of specific. Over in John chapter 12, as Jesus, after Jesus comes into the city of Jerusalem, he starts talking about the commandment of his Father, which is eternal life. He says, the commandment of my Father is eternal life. 
He takes pains in this passage and in the passages following it to talk about how he and the Father are one, how everything that he has spoken is from the Father. So this commandment of the Father and his commandments are one also. And then in John chapter 17, he reveals what eternal life is. That eternal life is to know God and the one whom he sent. You see, the commandment for Jesus is everything. It's everything that Jesus brings to us. It's the entire revelation of God through Jesus Christ. It's his whole ministry. It's the fact that Jesus became a human being, died on the cross, rose from the dead. This is the commandment of Jesus. And as we meditate on that verse 15, we hear Jesus say, keep these commandments. Which means that we hold them fast. Jesus is talking to us about a life of freedom because if you love someone, you hold on to their stuff. So here's the first image. As I stand before you today preaching in this pulpit, there is a box on a shelf in a closet in the bedroom that I grew up in, full of the garbage that I came up with through my entire childhood. Right? There are pictures of me that I drew in first grade. And if I went back to my office right now and drew a picture, most of you would think a first grader drew it. So that picture is not great. There are stories from the second grade. There are second place trophies. There's a kindergarten graduation award. And it's all because my mother in her love for me, collected all of these items, put them in a box, and left them on the shelf in there as kind of a, a treasure trove of my childhood. And I know that I'm probably not the only one with a box. Maybe you have a box in your parents' house still. Maybe you're the parent who's still holding on to the box. But many of us have this box or this folder or this chest full of the treasures of our life. And all of us, whether we recognize it or not, whether we have that box on the shelf in our closet, we carry this box on the shelf of our hearts as our identity. The places that we've been, the things that we've done, who we are is in a box on the shelf of our hearts. And we actually live our lives completely out of that box. And I don't know what fills up the box on the shelf in your heart. Maybe, maybe it's the successes. Maybe it's the failures that you've had in the past. Maybe it's, it's the joyous moments of, of being a mother or father, of existing in a family. Or maybe it's the pain of that family being taken away. Maybe it's the pain of somebody who sinned against you, the grudge that you hold. Maybe, maybe it's something even darker than that. But we all live from this box on the shelf in our hearts. And when Jesus says to us, if you love me, keep my commandments, he's saying, let me fill that treasure chest. Let me fill that box of treasures. Let me fill that space. He's saying, let my ministry be the most important thing in your lives because that's what it means to be baptized into the church of God. 
It means that the most important event in our lives is nothing that we had anything to do with, but the most important event in our lives is the fact that Jesus, who is God himself, decided to become a human being, decided to go to the cross, decided to rise from the dead after his death, and in doing so, defeat death for all of us. For those of us who are baptized, this is the most significant event in our lives. This is the most important thing and the treasure that we keep on the shelf of our hearts. And when you're baptized, you're united with that. So Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Hold on to this treasure. Let it inform your life. That treasure can look a lot of ways. Holding on to that treasure could mean when, when I leave here this week and I come to that moment where there's the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder and, and I know the right decision to make and I'm weighing whether or not I want to make it. Well, maybe to keep the commandments, to hold fast to that and to value Jesus' life as the, as the biggest thing in my life, well, maybe it looks like making the right decision this week. Or maybe for you this morning, it looks like knowing that I've already made the wrong decision. Maybe this week it looks like looking back on the week and recognizing the places where I've already made the mistake. But I love Jesus. I keep his commandments in my heart. And so even though I've made the wrong choice, Maybe this week I show up on Sunday morning even though I know the first thing we do is confess how sinful we are. And then you receive the forgiveness. Maybe that's what it looks like to keep these commandments this week. Maybe it just looks like living from the story of Christ as if it's your own story. But this is what it is to be in the household of God, to have a bedroom where this, Jesus puts this, his own life, death, and resurrection on the shelf as the treasure that we keep in our hearts. And then he reflects back on how we get into the household. And Jesus starts talking about this gift of the Holy Spirit. And this gift of the Holy Spirit is greater than anything we could have imagined. This gift of the Holy Spirit reminds us of our place of belonging in the middle of a world full of orphans. Because we live in an orphan culture. We live in a culture that, that oftentimes keeps God at arm's length or sometimes forgets about him completely. And without existing as we were created to exist in, in the household of God, we, all of us, were at some point in our lives on the outside. We were at some point orphans. Orphans who had insisted on our own way, who had insisted on the way that we wanted to do things to the point that we were out of the orphanage, out of any household, out there in the alley with our best friends being the dogs we could surround ourselves with. Maybe, maybe the dogs that we try to surround ourselves with are the, are the purebreds, the, the good things like 
like, like our family and finding our identity in that. Maybe it's the social group we're a part of and finding our identity there. Maybe it's, maybe it's the dog of, of modern medicine, which is a good gift, but we look to it for, look to it for long life and good health. Or maybe we just surround ourselves with the alley mutts of our own passion, our own desires, our own things. Maybe it's, maybe it's the alley mutt of, of alcohol or sex or something else. But Jesus sends the helper. He sends the Holy Spirit who is, who is more than a servant for us, but he is the helper of God the Father. He is the helper who comes from the household of God out into the alley and welcomes us in because we recognize I cannot, I cannot by my own reason or strength come to Jesus Christ my Lord or believe in him. The Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel. The Holy Spirit's the one who turns these cowards in the upper room on the day that Jesus rises from the dead to these courageous preachers who go out on the day of Pentecost and change the world with the message of Christ being shared. And the Holy Spirit is the one who finds us as orphans and brings us into the household of God at the waters of our baptism. I want you to keep those two images in mind. Keep that image of being the orphan welcomed into the house by the Spirit. Keep the image of Christ putting a treasure of his life in the box on the shelf in your heart. And I want to reflect on this meditation as we meditate on these last verses of our scripture passage for today. I want to reflect on the mystic, sweet communion that Jesus welcomes us into. This is something that there really is no image that can perfectly capture what this mystic, sweet communion is. This is something far deeper than anything that we will ever comprehend. And if, if we're honest, if we just look at the words of Jesus themselves... They don't really even make sense. It's almost impossible to fully articulate what Jesus, the truth that Jesus is communicating in any kind of human language where God is in the Son and the Son is in us and we are in the Son. We are together in this communion that we were created for. This is what Jesus calls us for. This is what it means to be the orphans gathered into the family of God. This is what it means to have the treasures of Christ, the commandment to keep that commandment, which is the treasures of Christ in our hearts. It is to gather us into the mystic sweet communion. It's the goal of all of this. And the way that Jesus does it is by giving us his Holy Spirit giving us his Holy Spirit, which comes to us through his word, which ultimately comes to us through the church. On this Mother's Day, I want to reflect for a moment on the mother that is our church. The church is the mother who gives this great 
gift. The Holy Spirit comes through the church's message, through your own messages as you share them, as you share this treasure that you keep in your hearts with the people that you come into contact with. And maybe, maybe if if your story is anything like mine, maybe in the mother of the church, you have a biological mother too, who passed on this gift. Who, who kept the commandments of Christ in her heart, who kept this story of what Jesus has done for her in her heart and shared it with you and taught you to do the same. Or maybe you came to that realization later in life. Maybe you have a spiritual mother who has filled you up with those gifts. Maybe at some point you came to recognize the spiritual mothers that God has put all around us in our lives as examples of those who keep the commandments of Christ in their heart, who keep what Christ has done for them in their hearts. And this Mother's Day, First of all, we still thank mothers for birthing us into the world. We all have a mother to thank for that. But we also don't forget to thank our mothers for the role they have in our spiritual lives. Mothers, we don't forget to continue to remember the role we have in the spiritual lives of the people around us. As Jesus calls us, if you love me, keep my commandments. Hold fast to them. Love them. Because ultimately, the commandments of Jesus are the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. They are our salvation. They are eternal life. Because when Jesus gives us his life on our behalf in the waters of baptism, he welcomes us into a mystic, sweet communion that we were created for beyond our comprehension. Before I close, I want to reflect on that mystic sweet communion through the words of the hymn, The Church's One Foundation, as we remember our mother, the church, and what she has done for us. This is from verse 5. Yet she on earth has union with God the three in one, and mystic sweet communion with those whose rest is one. O blessed heavenly chorus, Lord, save us by your grace, that we, like saints before us, may see you face to face. Jesus sends his Holy Spirit to gather us when we were orphans. He puts his life as a treasure on the shelf of our hearts, and he welcomes us into this mystic sweet communion. Amen. And now, may the peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.